you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Again, so glad to be here. I have my one of my middle daughters. I've got three daughters, a middle daughter and her niece, which is my grandchild. And that's, uh, y'all just say, wave just real quickly. That's them. Praise the Lord. And uh, today, we're, we're, this is part two. Pastor started a series last week, Overcoming Series. Amen. And we're going to continue on that thought. And so open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5, verses 4. That's the actual foundational text uh, for the series. And then we're going to look at Isaiah 41, uh, verse 10, and 1 John 4 and 18. Uh, as talking about today. For everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. Is it better to do this? Okay, okay, okay. Check, one, two. All right. Oh, good, good, that's good. For everyone who overcomes, everyone who's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What's that? Our faith. Praise God, praise God. Actually, I forgot my little folder. Let me grab a folder just real quickly. I've got something up there. Thank you, dear. All right. Thanks, sir. Praise God. So that's the, uh, the scripture that we've been, that we're talking about. That's the series. I also want you to look at Isaiah chapter 41. That's Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. Aren't you glad about that? I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Praise God. I like the amplified of that verse, uh, verse, uh, verse 10, Isaiah 41. Fear not. There's nothing to fear. For I am with you. Do not look around in terror and be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you in difficulties. Yes. I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand and righteousness, rightness and justice. Praise God. And then last of all, first John chapter 418. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but foregrown, complete and perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. Isn't that good? Let's give God praise for that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We got to thank him for his word working in our lives. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so it will. So is he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love is not yet for not yet grown into love's complete perfection. So first of all, we are overcomers through the activation of our faith and First John chapter four, it tells us that whatever's born of God overcomes over. Everybody say overcomes, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes, has overcome the world. Our faith, that word overcome, it, it gives you this ideal that that you're not waiting to overcome. It is in motion right now. So right now, just like your blood is flowing, overcoming presence of God is in your life right now. You are not waiting to be an overcomer. You are an overcomer right now. It's in motion right now. Amen. 
And so you're an overcomer, praise God. And the Bible says our faith overcomes through our faith, praise God. Uh, one of the things I talk about is faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. We understand that in, uh, in the world here, we have to have currency to transact things. We're God's kingdom. We're in the kingdom of God, and faith is the currency of the kingdom. And so we, we receive from the Lord. We, we walk in his victory, his grace, his power through uh, what we call faith. Amen. So today we're talking about overcoming fear. Everybody say overcoming fear. So we're talking about overcoming fear. And we talk about that fear is, is emotional, foreboding or dread or of impeding distress or misfortune. And so everyone is acquainted with that, but from a biblical standpoint, it's often spoken of as a source of religion, yet fear alone can never account for true religion since men are impelled to draw near to God, the object of their worship. One does not desire to come close to the, to the being he fears. In the biblical concept, fear is used sometimes about the fear of the Lord. Now, the first time fear was introduced was in Genesis chapter 3. God did not create you with fear. God created not Adam and Eve with fear, but when they sinned against the Lord, the Bible says when God came from, came down to, to fellowship with them, the Bible says they withdrew themselves from the presence of the Lord. And when they came out of God's presence, fear entered in. You were made to be in the presence of God. I said you were made to be in God's presence. What water is to a fish, what the ground is to the seed, the presence of God is to the human being. Say this one, the water is to a fish. So you think about a fish, you know, you take a fish out of water, what happens? You're outside of God's presence, you experience death. Things begin to die in your life because you're outside of the presence of God. Your marriage dies, your relationship dies, your health dies, your finances die. Things begin to, begin to die because you've been cut off from God's presence. So what waters to a fish and then what ground is, say what ground is to a seed. So when we talk about what ground is a seed, a seed can never reach its potential until it is in the ground. And you can never reach your potential until you're in the presence of God. And I'm not just talking about being saved, although that's where it starts. But you've got to cultivate God's presence in your life. You've got to enwrap yourself in the presence of God through prayer and fellowship. And we'll talk about some of those things. But when you're in God's presence, then your potential, you begin to rise to the person that you are. And Adam came out of the presence of God. And as a result, fear entered in. He was afraid. Fear tends to either immobilize or men or seriously affect their activity. Fear will paralyze you. God did not create you for fear. Amen. Jesus Christ, by his atoning death and resurrection and heavenly intercession for believers, is the unique liberator of fear. So if fear entered in, because Adam's sin, when Jesus paid the price for our sin, he made it possible for us to walk in a fearless life. Hallelujah. Amen. To walk fearless and to experience what it means to be bold and courageous and confident. And this is what God uh, really ordained you to be. Amen. 
The Apostle Paul encouraged the Romans by informing them that in the conversion of Christ, they received the Holy Spirit, not as the spirit of fear and bondage, but as the spirit of adoption, whereby we could call God Abba Father. So when we can come into God's presence, we're not afraid of God. Amen. We can come in his presence. We can enter into his presence and we can call God Abba. And by calling him Abba, by fellowshipping with God as Abba Father, all fear begins to leave. Amen. Because we walk in his presence. Amen. The top ten fears of people have pastor shared this note with me. Fear of flying, public speaking, heights, dark, uh, intimacy, fear of death, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of spiders, fear of, fear of commitment. And so people have all kinds of fears. And again, it's because when we entered, when we pull ourselves from the presence of God through sin, fear entered in and began to dominate our lives. And God doesn't want you dominated by fear. Amen. God wants you free. He wants you to operate in faith. You know, fear is expecting negative things to happen. Fear is faith in reverse. And that's why you can't have faith and fear in your heart at the same time. God is a God of faith. And you've been born through faith. Amen. We receive Christ through faith. Faith allows us to receive from the Father. Amen. And so when we look at that verse in Isaiah, and that verse that we looked at again was Isaiah chapter uh, 41. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around in terror or be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you in difficulties, yes. I will help you, yes. I will hold you up and retain you from my victorious right hand. So let's, let's unpack that verse just a little bit, amen? And so the first thing that we notice here is, is there's nothing to fear. God is with you. Say, God is with me. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, the scripture says. God is with you. Then he tells us, do not look at your circumstances. Amen. Fear not, there's nothing to fear for I'm your, I'm with you. Do not look around you in terror and be, be dismayed for I am your God. Your circumstances, circumstances in life, they can cause you to fear. And Peter looked at those circumstances when he was in the boat. Remember the story of Matthew chapter uh, 14, how how Jesus was there in, uh, walking on the water. They thought it was a ghost and they were freaking out. And then, of course, Peter said, uh, Jesus said, don't don't be afraid. It's me. And Peter said, can I come out there? And he said, come on. And as Peter began to walk on the water and experience that supernatural event right there, he began to look at the circumstances and he began to fear. And sometimes when we're stepping out to do things, things begin to happen. How many realize that when you step out to do something for God, you're going to get some pushback by the devil? I mean, you're going to have things begin to happen. I mean, I didn't know there was a devil until I started really pursuing God. He's all right with you going to church and praising God. Just don't do anything. Don't reach out to anybody. Don't minister to anybody. Don't obey God. Don't raise your hand that you're going to follow after God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't do anything outside of the norm. Don't put your head above the crowd. But when you start doing that, the enemy is going to begin to attack you. And he'll begin to stir things up the moment you begin to believe about healing. You get sick. Amen. 
The more you begin to believe about favor, then you come under rejection and all kinds of issues. The moment you start wanting to obey the Lord and fulfill your call on your life, circumstances begin to rise up and you become, become fearful. I've watched people back up and, and not obey God and think the devil's going to go away just because you are backing up. But he, he, he wants to back him to the corner, but he wants the spot that you're standing on in the corner. So don't look, look at somebody say, don't look at the circumstances. Peter looked at those circumstances and, and when he looked back at Jesus, Peter's fear ceased when he kept his focus on Jesus. Amen. And when you keep your focus on Jesus, then your fears will cease. Amen. We found out also in this verse is that you have God's strength in you to overcome all difficulties you do. You have, say, I have God's strength in me. See, it's not your strength. It's not your strength. It's God's strength. It's not you have to be strong. We're strong what? In the Lord. And he says in this verse, I will strengthen and harden you in difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand. God will hold you up. He's not going to let you fall. You won't fail. Praise God. And the scripture says, I will hold you up and retain you in my, my victorious right hand and righteousness and justice. Now, you know, we come up against trials and tests, and sometimes it's the first time around. Maybe, maybe we've done some things we've never done. In fact, you should be doing some things you've never done before, right? I said you should be doing some things you've never done before. Because if you keep doing the same thing, you're just too comfortable, you know. I just think about my own life. There have been so many times in my life when I was very, very comfortable. Like when I was in Tulsa. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and went to Rama Bible Training Center out there and took my family. And, you know, things were going really well. Ministry's flourishing. God's moving, you know. He's supplying all of our needs. And uh, God said, it's too comfortable for you. It's time for you to do something new. Amen? The moment you really want to do some things for God, he's going to tell you to step out of your comfort zone because, you see, you'll never experience the supernatural and the power of God in your life until you do some things that, you can, that you've never done before. Listen, if you have dreams that you can do yourself, first of all, God didn't give you the dreams because God's not going to give you something you can do yourself. Come on now. They're going to tell you to do something that's ridiculous, that's impossible. I mean, think about how ridiculous it was for him to tell Moses to go into the most powerful nation of the world, most powerful economic system in the world, and, and, and dismantle it with a stick. I mean, what? A stick? That's it? And so God will tell you to do some things that are outrageous because that's part of, of you stepping outside of your comfort zone. And we stepped out outside our comfort zone, and when we did, the miracles began to flow. You think about in the Old Testament, you think about the fact that when the people came out of Egypt and the waters parted before they stepped in the water, right? And that generation had just enough. 
right? The manna came every day. It was a miracle, but it was just enough for that day, right? They didn't have more than enough until they went into the promised land, but the promised land didn't come by God giving it to them. The Red Sea parted on its own and then they walked across. But the Jordan River didn't part until they put their foot on the top of the water. When they put their foot on the top of the water and they committed themselves, then the waters begin to part. And so God is not going to do supernatural things in your life until you commit yourself to do something outside of your comfort zones. Our fears is what keep us from doing some things. How many of you can say in your heart and, and, and before the Lord that God has been speaking to you about doing some things and uh, you still haven't quite worked, at, worked around to do that yet? Any honest people? Okay. No, all liars going to hell now. Come on, baby, tell the truth. But no, I mean, we, we've, all, we've all faced those things and because of fears, we don't step out because of our fears. And so the thing that we can see here, when we fight these, come against these trials, and sometimes when you step out, you have trials and tests, this may be your first time to face a trial, but it is not your God's first time delivering someone from a trial. Can I say that again? This may be your first time facing a trial this time, but this is not your God's first time delivering someone from a trial. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, there's no temptation or trial regarding or enticing to sin. No matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you. That is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance. That is not adjusted and adaptable and belonging to the human experience. So you're not the only one that's been going through those things. And such that as a man can bear, but God is faithful, his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted or tried or swayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always also provide a way out, the means of escape to a higher landing place. So when you go through a trial or a test, let me tell you something. There's a higher landing place waiting for you. And that you be capable and strong. So our love relationship with Abba will cast out fear. When we know him, fear will leave your heart. And that's the next point. Our loving relationship with Abba, with our, with our daddy God, will cast out fear. When you know him, fear will leave your heart. First John chapter 4, 18 says this. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full grown, complete, perfect love turns out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so it is afraid. He is afraid has not. Listen, he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. Is not yet full grown. So notice that word full grown. You know, I, I, years ago, I really didn't understand this. I was like, how can perfect love cast out fear? I don't, I don't get that. But notice it says full grown. First John 4.18 in the NLT says, 
Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. And if we are afraid, it is fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So what does that really mean? So I want you to think about this. When, I, when you love a person, you want to spend quality time with him, right? I mean, if you really love a person, you know, I love my wife. She will be 39 years married next, next month, praise God. But I love spending time with her. So when you love a person, you want to spend time with that person, right? And when you spend time with the person, you will get to know them. You get to know their character. You get to know their values. You get to know their passions, right? So it's no different than with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's no different. If you love the Godhead, Father, Holy Son, and Holy Spirit, therefore you will desire to fellowship with God in various ways. It's, it's not about punching a clock and seeing how many, how much time you can spend with God. Well, I spent, you know, imagine if my, if I, if my wife was like, well, you know what? I'm going to spend, you know, an hour with her today. And, you know, I've spent that time with her today, so I'll see you next, the next day. But that's how we are a lot of times with God. We think that when we have this quote unquote time of prayer, that's our time with God. And we treat it like it's checking a box many times. But the reality is that when you're spending time with the person, you're not aware of the time. Unless it's a person you don't want to be around, right? Because when it's somebody you don't want to be around, you're thinking, <laughs> when is this going to be over? But when you're with a person that you really enjoy being around, time goes by what? Very, very fast. So, so the point is when we spend time with God in prayer and, and the word and worship and fellowship with the saints, you know, when, when God's people are together, that's spending time with God too. You know why? Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, I am where in the midst of them. So if I'm spending time around God's people, I'm also spending time with God. In time of the word, time in fellowship. And so when I begin to do this, this continual connection to God will build my faith. Now, I know we say, well, faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. That's true. But understand this. Think of it this way. If you spend time with a person, don't you get to know who they really are? And if they're a person of character, if they're a person, they do what they say, they follow through what they say, don't you have faith in that person? Sometimes I think we make faith like a mechanism or some kind of a mechanism when faith is simply knowing and trusting the character of a person. See? So yes, if I spend time in the word and I fellowship in the word, sure faith comes. As I spend time with God, I get to know who God is. I get to know his character. And because I stay connected to God, the reason why we struggle with those things because we're disconnecting ourselves from God. But if you stay connected to God, then faith will grow in your heart. Praise God. And so we, this continual connection to God will build faith. And when it builds faith, it expels fear. We are in fear because we have separated ourselves from God. And we're looking at the circumstances in our own ability. But when we're in God and we're connected to God, then we look at everything with God's perspective. How in the world did David look at that huge giant and have no fear? Because he knew that God was with him. 
What about, what about uh, Gehazi, who was totally freaked out because he saw this army around, around, you know, that, and he was in the valley there. He was in the valley and it was with Elisha and he saw this huge army and he was totally freaking out and he couldn't understand why Elisha had no fear. And Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. So yes, he saw the army, but beyond that, he saw the hosts of the Lord all around them. Because he said, there's more with us than with them. When you're with God, you know that there's more with you than with, with the enemy, with the circumstances, with the challenges, with the mountain, with what's out there in front of you. And so you can trust the living God. Amen. Now, the other thing that it talks about in this verse is that love must mature. When that love is mature, then that love will cast out fear. So is it possible for love to grow inside of me? It's a fruit, right? So a fruit can what? Grow. Now, when you think about that ideal, think about this. How does love grow? Love only grows in your heart. When you have the opportunity not to love. Right? You think about it, you go to your gym. If you, if you go to the gym, you work out. Your muscles won't grow until it has some kind of resistance. Some kind of, and really when a muscle, when it's resistant, it's tearing. Right? We don't like that word. But sometimes in order to grow in life, we have to be torn some. Thank you for the very enthusiastic response. I could tell I, I really, it was a really good word there. But think about it. You're not going to be able to become what God, see, the issue is, here's the problem. We're asking God for things in our life. How many of you all are asking the Lord for things? Okay, all right, all right. Many times God can't bring the things that we are asking for because we don't have the capacity to receive it. Right? We don't have capacity. What do you mean capacity? With, with those responsibilities, with those gifts and those things that God gives you, you've got to be able to manage those things. Right? You have to be able to handle the responsibility and... The spiritual pressure that comes because of that promotion. Amen. When you step up to do some things for God and promotion comes, don't you know that higher levels brings higher devils? Sure. Then he has a right to attack you on that level because you're at that level now. I was, I was in martial arts and martial arts uh, years ago and, and, you know, you have tournaments and they would always, you know, start with, you know, everyone and then you start pairing off. And as you eliminated the, the competitor, then you go to the next level. Competition got a little tighter, a little tougher each level until you get to the finals. Now you got the top four people and, and competition is stiff. Every time you defeat the enemy, you go to the next level. And you're going to have to deal with that. So you've got to grow. So when you talk about growth, how do you grow? How do you grow in love? When you, it only comes when you have the opportunity not to love. 
So when you can, listen very carefully, so when you can forgive others and love them through the pain they cause you, you will deepen your connection with the Godhead and eradicate fear on a much deeper level. Everybody understands pain and being hurt. How many have experienced ministry pain? Yeah. Well, that's when you have the opportunity to walk in love. Amen. You know, years ago when I was at Rhema, I was... Uh, I would go after after class. I would go into this little room and we would pray. I would spend some time in prayer right before I went to work. And I never forget, I was really before the Lord and asking him, Lord, I want to be able to, you know, I'm 59 today. I said, Lord, I want to be able to grow older and fulfill the call of God on my life. And, you know, I was about 20, about 24, 25 back then. I said, Lord, I want to be able to finish. And, and what what's the secret? Right? And I thought the Lord would say something, something like, uh, you know, go to Jerusalem and Fast 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain of olives, you know, something pretty profound like that. And he said, master, the love walk. First begin to love your wife and your family because how you love in your family is the DNA of all other relationships. And so, you know, when you walk in love, you're going to have the opportunity to be hurt, and to be offended. And you've got to be able to forgive those people. Amen. So when you're recipients of God's love and have received the, you'll receive this dynamic force for casting out all fears and anxieties. In fact, Paul said in, in, in Romans chapter eight, he said, it talked about the whole scripture about the love of God. And he said, listen, if God is for us, who can be against us? What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all. How, how, how shall he not with him graciously give us all things? And then he says, he says, who shall, uh, he says, uh, it is God who justifies who is condemned. Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or weakness. So the scripture begins to teach us here that when you understand God's love, then you know that God is for you. And if God is for you, no one can be against you. So when you're walking in God and you're walking in God's love, you'll experience the best, amen, that God has for you. So what's next when we talk about overcoming fear? Number one, meditate on the two key verses and allow the Holy Spirit to deepen your understanding of 1 John chapter 4 and Isaiah chapter 41, 10. Spend some time in that word and just meditate the word and allow that, sometimes we call it chewing the cud. It's just allowing that word to begin to, go deep in your heart and when you spend time in the scripture you'll begin to have a greater understanding build your uh, your overcoming lifestyle through a relationship-based faith versus a task-based faith what do i mean by that so we, we we're taught you know the importance of confessing the word and and, and, you know, writing scriptures out and those kinds of things and that's all good and that's a it's a proper place for that but but that can just become a task. Right? That's a task base. Let's talk about a relationship based faith. 
that by, by, yes, I'm doing those things, but what am I really doing? I'm actually spending time with God. Amen. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. So I'm in the word. I'm spending time with the Father. If I'm meditating Bible verses, I'm not doing a task. I'm spending time cultivating God's presence in my life. If I'm confessing the scripture, I'm not doing a task. I am cultivating God's presence because I'm speaking about God. Therefore, God is in the midst. So it's a relationship-based faith that I'm building versus a task-based faith. Amen. I think sometimes we can almost get to where we are working our, we're just doing works, not understanding that it's not about Jesus did all the work that we need to do. He hung on the cross and he did all the work that needs to be done. He didn't need you and I for your sins to be forgiven. He did that all by himself. And you and I can walk in fear, walk in faith instead of fear because Jesus paid the price for you to be free from fear. He paid the price. You don't have to work yourself up to overcome fear. You just need to receive what Jesus has provided. Adam was poured out of the presence of God, but now you have the right to come boldly into the throne of grace and obtain mercy. Hallelujah. You're not on the outside anymore. You're in the holy of holies in the very presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And because you're in his presence, there is no fear. Not because you're trying to work fear out of you, but because God is with you and there's no need to be afraid. So it's not you working yourself up for things. It's just receiving what your heavenly father has already done. Aren't you glad about that? Give God praise. Hallelujah. He's already done it. I said he's already done it. He's already done it. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes right now. And just let the Father begin to speak to you. Just let the Father begin to speak to you. Let him speak to your soul today about being an overcomer and overcoming fear. Not because of something you have to do, but overcoming fear is already at work in you right now because Jesus is in you right now. And speaking of Jesus, it's not enough to know that Jesus died for your sins. We're separated because of our sin. We sin against a holy God and the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so God is not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He made provision. For you to come into his great kingdom. The Bible says as many as receive. Gave you the right to become the sons of God. You've got to receive Jesus. It's not enough that. You know about him, that he, he died for the sins of men. You've got to receive him personally in your life. I grew up in the church, and I wasn't born again until I received 
Jesus Christ. And the good part about this overcoming fear and being an overcomer is that that comes as a result of you being in him, but you've got to be in him. You've got to be in Jesus. And he makes it possible for that. So he died for your sins. According to the scripture, he rose again from the dead so that you could walk in his resurrection power and you could call God your father. So every head bowed here, every eye closed. If you're just here today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.